Five of the Yankees' eight losses have come to the Rays. We chat with the post-Yankees beat writer George King about the Yankees losing another series to their division rival. We also look ahead to part one of the Subway series this weekend in Queens. Speaking of the Mets and Yankees, Graham Lloyd, who played for both teams, the two-time Yankees World Series champion, he'll join us. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All rise. Here's a Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my host, my co-host, four-time World Series champion with the Yankees, Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter, at Chris Sheeran. Yes, is my handle. Nelly is at NYNelly43. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. And write a nice positive review, if you will. We appreciate your support and your feedback. Graham Lloyd and the post George King will join us later in the show. But first, let's get in the paper. I got to get the paper, get the paper with our producer, Jake Brown, and his long uh, Bob Barker. Bob Barker's long microphone. Take it away there, Jakey. And we're playing Plinko for a chance at $50,000. And a new a car. New car. <laughs> God, I uh, even Drew Carey, I've gotten used to it so much now that it's still so good. Um, let's start in the papes with the Yankees. The Rays having the Yankees number, guys. They've won five out of six against them this season. The Yankees' record of being undefeated in 27 straight home series came to an end on Wednesday night. Are you concerned? that the Yankees won't be able to get past the Rays in the division and in the playoffs? I would like to say a resounding yes. The, the Yankee fans and the Yankees themselves, they have to obviously worry about the Rays. They've played six games so far this season, the four down in Tampa and two as we're taping this Thursday morning before they wrap the series up today at Yankee Stadium at one o'clock in the Bronx. And the, and the Rays have taken five of those six games. I don't see how, Nelly, you can't be worried about a team that's basically slapped you across the face five times so far out of six. Well, the one thing the Yankees have to do, they obviously have to get healthy and they need a full lineup to be able to compete with the Rays. You know, Kevin Cash has done a great job down in Tampa. Uh, if you look at their rotation, they have Blake Snell, they have Glass Snell. They definitely need Charlie Morton back in this in this rotation. But they the, the Rays are playing with an edge and that's the thing that you're concerned about. As far as team-wise, I think the Yankees have a lot more talent uh, and they are deeper on the bench, deeper in the bullpen. But as as far as chip wise, I think the Rays have a chip on their shoulder and they have something to prove and they're going out and they're doing it right now. So yes, be concerned, but all you have to do, and you never want to accept second best. If you're a Yankee fan, just get into the playoffs. The Yankees will get into the playoffs because the first round is going to be the best two out of three. And then you go from there. Guys, second up Garrett Cole pitched last night and he was great. And he said after the game, I wanted to finish the game. The body of work over the course of the day and the course of the game speaks for itself. So uh, he was pulled out. After 109 pitches in the seventh inning, he had one runner on two outs. I just envision bad to the bone playing every time he's in a post game. He's always, you know, he's talking high on <laughs> himself, and he should. And he should have a leather jacket on and a, and a Har- <laughs> Harley 
Harley Davidson riding off into the sunset after that. Uh, would you have left him in the game? Do you think 109 pitches is too much? Do you think the Yankees pulled him at the right time? Uh, what do you think about Cole's kind of mentality to always want to be out there? And, you know, should he have stayed on longer in that game? I, I think he's a throwback, and I think he wants to pitch until basically his arm falls off. But the Yankees are protecting their investment. I mean, this is something that the Yankees have needed for, let's face it, since they got CC Sabathia and AJ Burnett back in 2009, they, they they really haven't had that bona fide ace the past couple of years to get them over the hump in the playoffs. And they have that now. They just have to find someone to tag team along with Garrett Cole. And so far this season, no one's really emerged from the pack or stuck their head out from the crowd yet to say, hey, I'm that guy. You know, we saw flashes from Tanaka. Montgomery had a good start. Hap has been lackluster besides his last start against the Paw Sox for crying out loud. So I don't know. I I, I really, I think Gold, Cole should have been left in. I think getting back to what I said about being a throwback, Nelly, I think he's a throwback. I think he wants to be out there. And I think if he put somebody on like he did in the seventh inning, he got two outs. There was a runner on first. He probably wants to get out of that inning by himself. He doesn't want to leave it to anybody. I know he respects the bullpen and what the Yankees can do out of the pen. But at the same time, when you're of that mentality as a starter, your entire life, you do not you're like charlton heston with the with the you could gun out of my cold dead hand you could pry the ball out of his cold dead hand that that's just the way i think his his mentality and the way he's wired nelly oh i agree and here's the thing you know if, if this wasn't if this was another starter besides cole okay you pull him because then you're saying oh you know what he did a great job uh, 109 pitches cole can withstand that there's a, there's a lot of scenarios that go in this yes he's a rare breed he's the guy that very few starters anymore in the major leagues goes out there and says i I want to pitch nine every time. And he does that. And you have to rip the ball out of his hands. It's August 19th. Uh, the Yankees will be in the playoffs. You've seen injuries all around the league to significant starters on teams. You don't want to see that with the Yankees because that's one spot that I don't think they can withstand if they lose Cole. So, yeah, you understand their point that they want to keep everybody healthy. They want to keep him healthy. But 109 pitches, you could probably get him through another hitter. Seven innings, you're done. And, you know, then you go to the bullpen and, and worry about it then. Here's another example of the Yankees going to that bullpen too early. They've done it. We look at Jay Happ. He could have thrown more with only 60-plus pitches in his last start. You don't need to go to an asset, even though it's good, when you don't need to slow it down, pump the brakes a little bit with the bullpen. My name Gary Cold. Leave me in the pitch. 324 million. I'm filthy rich. I had to do that. One of my one of my favorite uh, songs. I just picture my dad on his Harley and getting diabetes a year later. Um, anyways, is Zach Britton misses time and goes to the injured list. Can the Yankees, who have already lost Tommy Canely, can that bullpen, he talked about getting used a lot here, can they survive this uh, final six weeks and, and the playoffs without Britton if he does miss time? Well, we saw Nelly's son, Nick, get called back up again, and I use air quotes with that. It's not really his son, but Nick Nelly's got called back up. You're going to see some other guys get a chance. Uh, maybe not in the high leverage situations, but you're going to have to plug the hole that Zach Britton will cause if he does go to the injured list uh, with this hamstring issue. I believe the bullpen can survive without him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long, if he does go on the injured list, he is out. Uh, and then it's going to, you know, this is a shortened season. So everything is magnified. You look at Judge's injury. Uh, hopefully he'll be back by the Subway Series. He wanted to be back by Saturday. St 
Stanton, you know, we still don't know. Uh, LeMahieu, uh, two to three weeks, but that's up in the air. He wants to come back sooner. This is just such, this is out of the box for everybody, Jeff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you think, but these injuries to me, they go under a high powered microscope because the Yankees now have Luis Avalon as the only lefty out of the pen besides Chapman, but he's the ninth inning guy. So this does affect them, but I think the other arms out there are so good. It doesn't affect them to the point where we're going to start saying, oh my God, what's wrong with the Yankees bullpen? No, I agree. You know, I think they can withstand that. You know, it's going to be up to some guys that, you know, maybe it is a Nick Nelson, somebody to step up and, you know, they're going to get chances and they may get chances in high leverage situations because, you know, bullpens, they don't throw back to back days very often. Right. Uh, you know, you don't see that, you, you know, it isn't like you're going to throw Chad Green one day and then he's going to come back and maybe use him two or three days in a row, even with Adovino. Adovino, you know, he, you just don't do that anymore. And it's just old, it's not just a new school or new way of thinking. Uh, I, I think they can withstand it. You know, I don't like to see injuries like this. You know, right now, after the Rays, there really isn't anyone in this division that you have to worry about. Uh, like I said, you don't want to take second best, but you're going to get into the playoffs and you want to get into the playoffs playoffs healthy so you really have to watch guys and maybe like a holder maybe like a nelson maybe avalon maybe avalon's had a decent year so far maybe yeah, he has. steps mm-hmm. up and 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 uh you know you see him in the seventh or eighth inning in some good situations all right guys last but not least it is you mentioned it the subway series this weekend as you're as we'll be talking about on amazing but true the 12 and 14 mets take on the 16 and 8 yankees 20th anniversary of the subway series world series the first subway series in the regular season was 97 i think we could all agree it's a fun time it's nice to see these two teams go off it, I, I still think it's a rivalry i know a lot of people don't but i'm curious looking ahead as a lot of tbds this weekend we have no idea pretty much who's starting yet as the mets rotation is up in flames what do you think of this subway series and then nelly i would love some perspective on your experiences playing in the subways and especially the 2000 world series i mean to me uh, for me it, it doesn't have it was exciting when it first started you know 1997 of course through the 2000 World Series. It was fun during the season to have the Mets and Yankees play and the Yankees see some National League competition, whether it be from the East, Central, or West. Uh, We know everybody's just playing the East this year. Uh, Everybody's playing the Central. Everybody's playing the West. They're staying in their own time zones, which is great. But uh, to me, I hate to burst your bubble with that question, Jake, but I I couldn't care less (laughs) about interleague play anymore. I just wish it would go back to the way it used to be where the American League played the American League, the National League played the National so League. So you never want the Yankees and Mets to play each other? No, I really? don't. I, I, I don't wow. need it. I just don't. I, I, it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather the Yankees play another three game series. I, I'd rather those go to the the Rays or the Red Sox. I'd rather see when the Red Sox are actually the Red Sox, but I'd rather see in division rivalry games rather than. Uh, but you don't see the fan series. element of it. I think it's cool that it's like the the three to six games where they can fight each other. I could fight the Yankee fans because we want a meaningless regular season game. You know, you got fans is showing it, up to really both ballparks. Fight? Not a fight, but it's kind of like. <laughs> competitive edge it's the one time Mets fans can get an upper hand if they win a not I meaningless see, but you're making you're making my point for me because this is more <laughs> because because the Yankees have won 27 World Series and the Mets have not come anywhere near that number this is more for Mets fans than it is for Yankee fans so you could have a meaningless well we beat you three out of four in the regular season. who cares Yankee fans don't care about that Yankee fans 
Republicans care about the hardware, the piece of metal that the commissioner talked about at the end of the season. That's what we care about. We don't care about the meaningless mayor trophy. Listen, we hold up Snoop, Snoopy trophies here in Green Series trophies. But you don't see the fan side of it where like Mets fans, Yankee fans Mets come together. Fan it's like of it, not Yankee fans. <laughs> but no, even Yankee fans, where Yankee fans and a Mets fan go to a game at the other opposing stadium. It's Yankee fans' chance to come eat delicious chicken parm here at City Field or like try the other stadium's food. You don't see that kind of side of it? That's what I think's fun about it is it'll be the time I go to Yankee Stadium and see my team play. That's how I, I look at it. I don't I don't need to go to City Field to see the Yankees play. I can go see a Mets game if I want to go see a Mets game and I can go have a Shake Shack or whatever the hell. Don't wait in line. Field has. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did and I had the 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 steak sandwich at the other place. I Very forget good. the name of it. Pat Lafrida's. Yeah, but 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 I went I went to the Mets wild card game a couple years back because my buddy's a huge Met fan and I went with him. He had an extra ticket and it's playoff baseball. So of course I was going to go and they lost <laughs> to the Giants, uh, but we had fun and uh, I had fun because I had no horse in the race. So I just sat there and watched him suffer the way I normally do. So it was great. <laughs> That's the problem. The Mets fans suffer so much. All right. I'm curious the player's perspective. Nelly, what do you okay. think of Subway Series? I'll, I'll, I, I'm going to agree in one sense with Sierney and I'm going to disagree in the other sense. Okay. I agree. Can I can't stand interleague play. I, I never liked it. Uh, it was, it was intriguing when it first started and we were supposed to in 97 play the east and then go to different parts and play the central and west and we wound up playing the east for the first four years and they had dumps of stadiums even shea stadium was a dump with that being said i would love i would love the i would love the schedule to go back to where it was before the 97 season when everybody plays the teams the same amount of times and you stay in your own league but with that being said i do love the fact that the yankees play the mets and i loved going over because it was a 30 minute bus trip that was our road trip over to shea stadium and i think the fans still really get into it and i love the fact that we're playing the crosstown rivals and it's always bragging rights now, yes the yankees have always been the uh the on top in new york and the mets have always been the stepbrother and that's the way it is and that's yeah. the Let me ask you this. As a player, though, if you took maybe four out of six, okay, were you talking smack? Oh, absolutely. Because oh, okay. the thing oh. of it is, is the Mets are the Mets have always been one of those teams that like to talk in the paper. You know, they always chirp, chirp, chirp. And we just did our talking on the field because Joe Torrey said, you're absolutely not. You're not going to be. We don't want to hear any quotes in the paper that the Yankees are getting to or the Mets this, the Mets that. But the Mets were always one of those teams that like to chirp in the paper. The Yankees are getting old. This is our year, you know. So give me an example of how you chirp back. You win the World Series in 2000. And then, you know, when you have, what was it, Benny Agbayani coming out and saying, oh, we're going to beat the Yankees in five in five games. And Turk Wendell coming out and saying, oh, they're, they're getting old. Uh, you know, it's about time a new a new team in New York starts to win. And no, well, guess what? Who won in five games? The Yankees win in five games. We do our talking on the field. But when Mr. Steinbrenner was around, there was three teams that we had to beat. And it was the Red Sox always. Mm-hmm. It was the Rays because he was in Tampa 
most all all year. You know, he he very rarely came up to New York, and it was the Mets because you had to beat the team that was in the same city. I love I love the fact when you see the news and you have two t two houses, one's a Met fan, one's a Yankee fan, and they hate each other during the baseball season. Or or you walk around and you see Mets hats and you see Yankee hats. The 2000 World Series after playing in five of them was my favorite because it was across town. I went and got all kinds of Subway Series memorabilia and that you know the Yankees because they they're in the World Series all the time they sell their playoff tickets in advance so you buy World Series tickets no matter if you know if the Yankees are in the World Series or not but the Mets that year did not sell their World Series tickets until they actually knew they were getting in so during that se- season I mean during that World Series over in Shea Stadium we had half Yankee fans and half Met fans you know it wasn't an away game so we were comfortable we had we had people that were uh, that were our own fans wearing our the New York Yankee hat and then they wear that who who let the dogs out song by Baja <laughs> man was oh my god classic and and I can remember I think it might have been the first the first game it might have been game 3 over there oh. when they had in sync sing the national anthem this is new york and, and all of a sudden they get booed they're, they're, <laughs> the, the, the fans over at shea stadium yankee fans and met fans are booing in sync for singing the national anthem that's why the subway series is so special <laughs> see sharon that's what i'm talking about it's the whole the house thing the in-house it's like my brother's yankee man i'm mets fan we would go yeah, together it was like a family it. outing that's what I, I like about it. it. I, I loved it. it. I, you know, I, I love it. playing the Mets. That's the only you keep. I, I if you want to get rid of interleague play and keep the rivals. There's very few National League, American League rivals. The Dodgers and the and the Giants and the and the Mets and the Yankees. I mean, everything else. I mean, who else is there? The Cubs and the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, Nationals, cares? Orioles. Like, do I mean yeah, that's not big, it. but Dodgers, Angels. Do the city thing, but I agree. You don't need the Mets. Don't need to play the Oakland A's. They don't need to play no. the Houston no. Astros. But like. Mets Yankees keep it. I like it. Okay. I, I mean, listen, I don't want to sound like I didn't appreciate the 2000 World Series or I didn't think that was special because I did. I, I was what? 26 27 years old back then oh my god i would love to have those years back but 27 years old i I was still a full i didn't have any kids i wasn't married it was all about sports it's a good life it's a good life i can confirm we just felt the pressure of mr steinbrenner because it was an it was a a crosstown rival you know that's why you know all the other teams yeah it was nice going to montreal for the first time or you go down to philadelphia and play in the dump and veteran stadium that you can't see through the plexiglass when you're in the bullpen anyway because it's so scratched up you know, the one-time deal, okay, great. But because it didn't matter, you still wanted to win, but you're playing the Mets. You got to beat the Mets. You have to beat the Mets. Speaking of the Mets and the Yankees, we have one of uh, another one. that This is like, uh, this is your life, Jeff Nelson, because we have another one of his former teammates on the podcast here on the Pinstripe Pod, and that would be Graham Lloyd. And joining us from Australia is Graham Lloyd. Graham, thanks so much for joining us. He's the 1996-1998 World Series champion with the Yankees. He was he spent 2003 with the Mets as well. He's been on both sides of the Subway Series. Graham, such a pleasure to have you on. We appreciate it. 
So first and foremost, before we started, uh, you said that your particular area in Australia is going through a second wave of coronavirus. Can you just give us a little breakdown of what's going on over there right now? Most of Australia is doing really well. Um, very low coronavirus, but to our state, we, we, we had a breakthrough in quarantine. So uh, we've had, uh, we get, we're getting about four or 500 cases a day. Well, I mean, we've got 5 million people in, in Victoria, uh, nearly 6 million, I think. So it's a pretty big state. So um, yeah, it's going through a tough time right now. So we're in lockdown. We've actually got a curfew going on to keep people at home so but you know we're getting through it we're doing the right thing hopefully and uh, you know we're wearing masks over here so hopefully that's the right thing grammar tell us every tell everybody what you're doing now um right now actually i'm i'm a part of a business where we've got this um, ball that's glowing so it's called a charge ball so what you do you put it in this led light and bag and it goes you put it in there and charge up for 20 seconds and then there you go you've got this glowing baseball or a glowing football so we're going to get this out in the market hopefully in september and hopefully you'll see them around uh, yeah so uh, see if it's a, a go or not in the next few months so it's been a bit of fun but but i'm working with the australian baseball as well uh working uh, as a bench coach uh, with the senior team and and uh, as you know everything's been pretty much shut down so all the tournaments we're going to do for qualifying for uh, Tokyo that's uh, hopefully going to be next year. So waiting to see what will occur there and uh, hopefully the Olympics go ahead. Graham, you've had some heated rivalries when you were with the Yankees, 96, 97, 98, and the Yankees seem to have something brewing here this year with the Tampa Bay Rays. Would you like to see more of what you all had back in the late 90s during the run of the four World Series? You were with the Yankees for two of those. Would you like to see more of that especially with the chirping back and forth between the teams or do you like it when when guys are out there and they're patting each other on the fanny before the game and they're all smiles and everything else I like it when there's a little bit of animosity and maybe a lot of animosity between teams I liked it back then when when you guys were, were having all those heated rivalries yeah I mean you know it, it just takes something to spark a, a rivalry that's for sure you know like a, a, a Clemens and Piazza or a, you know a little broken bat throwing competition but uh, you know it, it just uh, something like that starts and then it, it takes off a, and it has a, a life of its own you might say so some rivalries are ones you wouldn't expect but obviously you know New York versus New York there's always going to be a rivalry there and it's, you know if you if you don't have much to play for I mean that's 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 like the pinnacle right so it's uh, of course you're in in the World Series playing them that's <laughs> That's another story. You know, I I, I want to uh, tell the story of the and it's every single year because it's one of the best brawls in baseball that we had against the Orioles in '98 and <laughs> and every single anniversary and then you get Facebook messages and texts. But Graham and I were sitting in the bullpen and we were we were we were talking and and next thing you know, I think it was Bernie Williams hit the home run and Tino Tino was next up and I it told him I said like it was always Tino by the way. Poor yeah, Tino. well, I told him I said Graham I said I said in Seattle I said Edgar Martin. Martinez hit a grand slam off of Benitez and then Tino was up next and he got drilled right in the back on purpose. And I said, I bet you he's going to freaking do it again. He's going to drill Tino. And sure enough, Graham goes, well, if he does, we're charging. (laughs) 
he goes, he goes, I'm like, yeah, really? He goes, yeah. You see, if he drills Tino in the back, we're just going to run down the ramp. And sure enough, he drilled Tino. And both of us, we had no idea that the bench is cleared. At least this is what I can, I, I think. And you know, Graham will tell the story too. We just ran down the ramp and it was led by freaking Graham Lloyd. And we went right through the door. We didn't, we opened it, I think, ourselves. And we had no idea that the bench is cleared. Yeah, I mean, that, that was that was a crazy day, that's for sure. But I, I still remember you telling me that story about him and uh, thinking, okay, well, well, we better go get him if he does it. But uh, yeah, I think we even shook hands and said, well, we're going to go get him if he does. So it was, uh, our team was coming together pretty well that year, but it solidified that team uh, in every which way, I think. And, uh, you know, we had one of the best years ever. So it was uh, a hell of a year that year. And to finish it off the way we did was just, uh, you know, one of those years that, it seems like it goes through in, in just a month or two as your whole season. It just goes flying by when you know things just go right. We were losing so many games in the seventh, eighth inning that we come back and you know there was there was always that thought of coming back and, and winning that game. You, you never thought you're out of a game. So it's a pretty rare and you know enjoyable feeling in a baseball field. That was a pretty rare uh, benches clearing brawl too. And I, I that was that's an interesting side, Nelly, that you brought up of it. You know, you and Graham just decided we don't even care if the benches are clearing that would have been even better to have the benches not clear and just have the well, two, that was graham graham said hey are sprinting to the middle of the field to take out benitez that would have been phenomenal <laughs> but I, I got to play with uh, mando when I, I went with the mets and uh yeah we shook hands of course and uh talked about it a bit but you know yeah i think uh, he wasn't too happy with uh you know some of the other people around him but he might have said go ahead and, and throw it at somebody but uh you know, we, we really thought it was uh, Benitez that, uh, you know, just went ahead and, and threw it at uh, Tino. But uh, it was uh, certainly a solidifying moment for that team. And uh, and also, I think from, from then from then on, I was probably a Yankee. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, I, I was in the movie theater when that game was happening. And I forget what movie it was because my cousin, you all were playing so well that year. We didn't want to miss a game, but we went to see the movie uh, uh, on the night of the game. And he brought his his transistor radio i'm dating myself and we were listening to the game each of us had an earbud and we're like grabbing each other oh my god we're missing this we got to go see the highlights and we had to wait till sports center of course because no one had cell phones yet you could just pop it on the cell phone and watch it but we're in the movie theater not even paying attention to the movie listening to the fight on the radio it was fantastic i tell you there were, there were so many spot fires in that one and it, it lasted quite a long time i remember uh Stanton running over with Hoyles, I think knocking, knocking over one of the, one of the cameras in the in the camera well. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it went a few minutes that one. Now, Graham, talk. You came over in '96 from Milwaukee, I think, with Listash, and you, you come over and you got some really really big outs in the World Series. Talk about. I mean, you love New York. I mean, you love being a Yankee, and and we had such great teammates, and and we had a really good bullpen, obviously. But talk a little bit about your experience and how much you loved being there. Uh, yeah. It, it, <laughs> It's funny, you, you don't know certain places until you get there, right? I was not knowing what to expect with New York. I, I came up, uh, you know, in the in the minor league through, you know, country towns. And then I was in the big leagues with Milwaukee, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't a major sized city compared to New York. So to get to New York was uh, was a dream, you know. I think I got Giambi out the first night and then proceeded not to get anyone out for the next three weeks. So, you know, the media, as they do, uh, love to get on me. And, uh, yeah, so the, I had some pretty good headlines in the back of the pages and you know people yelling out certain things to me but uh, you know when 
when it came around, it was uh, I was lucky enough to be put on the, the roster with uh, Dave Weathers was another guy. Was, you know, we, we talked about you know oh, getting put on the roster and you know getting over that hurdle because you know we hadn't pitched that well and you know New York pretty much wanted my head for quite a while. So you know to get back on and then actually do well in the playoffs and and uh, in in the World Series was uh, you know sort of the Cinderella story that came through. But uh, as you said, you know our bullpen in that series, I think. Uh, we we did a hell of a job, but uh, it was pretty good. We had Wetland there and Mariano and uh, you know yourself and uh, uh, Mendoza and Stanton who came the next year. But uh, you know it was amazing, uh, amazing to be on that team. Joe Torrey, uh, what what did he mean to you, Graham? Uh, seeing as it was a you know you thought you weren't maybe going to make the postseason roster, so him having the confidence and trust in you what did that mean to you and what how was he as a manager yeah i mean uh yeah he's he was pretty uh so he was just wondering how i was and if i was being myself and if i was getting better as i was pitching and uh and going through the the tough times that i had and uh i think he he talked to don zimmer a bit and i think uh, zimmer was was on my side and, and actually bob yuka you know you actually you know had some had some words of uh, praise for me and you know talk about went going with me and stuff so you know i've, I've got to thank him thank him for that as well so uh but, you know they decided to go with me and you know you get you you get you you go in there and then and i did well and you know i did well in the playoffs and it was just uh like i said a bit of a cinderella story there nelly was there with me i mean these things you never forget right you you're always going to remember in your life, and uh, we'll always have that uh, those times together that uh, where we can hardly even hear each other yelling at each other over <laughs> over in um, the bullpen trying to trying to talk to each other while Joe Girardi scores the first you know run of Game Six of the World Series. So you know it's uh, really uh, an amazing sort of story, but uh, enjoyable, very enjoyable. You know it's funny because you know Graham, everybody went through it, and and that made it easier for me, I think, too, because when I first got traded over there, I loved pitching in New York especially as a visitor. I mean, just the craziness of the fans and, and just the atmosphere. It just really, you know, it brought brought out a different different person. But going there and being a Yankee, it was definitely different because you didn't have to experience the media as a visitor. You know, you experienced the media and the fans as a home, as a home player. And, and, you know, for me, you know, it took a little bit as well. And also, you know, when the fans are booing Bernie Williams and Posada and Mariano Rivera when they don't do well, it would, you said, you know what, if they're getting booed, then it's okay that I get booed. But I think for me, it, it helped me knowing that everybody went through it. Look at Tino. Tino Martinez really had a hard time the first month because of trying to replace Don Manningly. So everybody could relate to what Graham was going through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it was... uh... It's, it's sort of a baptism of fire, but they, they're telling you what they want from you. You know, they want the best out of you. They want you to be out there, go out there and get the job done. And, you know, you want to do it too. So, you know, hopefully you can find a way. And, uh, you know, getting healthy was a big part of that for me. But, you know, they're, they're also a force of, you know, trying to get out there and get the job done. So that, that's sort of what's behind their thought as well, I think. Okay, Graham, I, I have to ask you this, and, and I apologize in advance, but... We've heard not one, not two, not five, close to 10 stories <laughs> on this podcast about excrement or poop, uh, poop stories from the New York Yankee bullpen from the mid to late 90s. Can you confirm or deny these stories that Nelson is telling us? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I, I know of maybe one fecal story, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about it. 
I didn't know there was such a fetish for it, and I, I don't. I don't really want to hear about it, actually. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I think I, there might be one I can remember, but uh, it was. Well, you never had. I mean, we part. I mean, the birthday, the birthday uh, parties that we used to have in the bullpen. You were. I mean, your birthday is in the winter or oh, yeah. April. Well, you didn't get to. You didn't get yeah, to do. So uh, it was either pain, them. pain or yeah, it was either pain or you know water that. Uh, in the cold months, they took the water away. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right. So, I guess we're not going to get any poop stories out of Grandma Boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's fine because you know what? We've had our fill with Jeff Nelson. No pun me. intended. Yes, uh, especially the one in the Orioles bullpen, uh, which that one will. Oh, that, you were there for that one, that, I think. Graham, that is going to be burned into my memory for the rest of my Graham, life. You were there for that one. When remember when the uh, we were flicking sunflower no, seeds? No, I, I just and, I just Graham. remember that we I remember we we burnt our gloves one time and they uh, the smoke a little bit uh, thick because uh, we we weren't having a good week or two with the gloves, so we thought we'd have a little uh, you know we'll get together with it. So we 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 exercised the demons, and uh, yeah, we I think we stopped the game for a little bit too. <laughs> I'm curious, Graham, playing for the Mets coming from the Yankees, I've talked to Doc Gooden, and he said that the difference was, you know, he comes to the Yankees, you expect championships. You come to the Mets, you just are, are having a grand old time, and you're having fun. It's just championship is not the first thing on their mind. What was that experience, the shift being a Yankee and then, you know, being a Met in 2003? Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can hear what, you, what you're talking about. But it's, it's, uh, when we were playing the Yankees in the, um, in the Subway Series, I remember being – fired up and uh, actually you know had my face put up when I, when I got an out in the an innings it was I saw on the on the news I thought yeah I was fired up so you know you, you get fired up obviously when you, you're playing the crosstown rivals and as, as you're talking about rivalry you, you don't get any better than this one too it's a, it's a lot of fun and uh, you know you always want the you know, ability to uh, you know have one over your, your crosstown rival I think I went down with Cecil fielder to, to open up the uh, uh, stock exchange uh, because they gave us a there is a there is a, a, a trophy with that so big Cecil Field and myself I have to get one one other person went down there to get it two-time World Series champion Graham Lloyd a big part of those bullpens in 1996 97 and 98 with the Yankees we appreciate the time Graham especially so late at night uh, down under thank you so much buddy we appreciate it cheers guys nice to talk to you take care Making his debut on the show now is Yankees beat writer for the New York Post, George King. Read his stories in the Post and at nypost.com and follow him on Twitter. His handle is at George A. King, and it's like King George III, so the Roman numeral three after King. George, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. First and foremost, uh, just Zach Britton, I know there's going to be an update on his condition later today as we tape this early Thursday morning, but what seemed to happen last night when he was on the mound? The last batter he faced, uh, Ademis, after the base hit to score the run, he grabbed the back, um, maybe not grab, but he used his uh, pitching hand to grab the back of his uh, hamstring on his left leg. And when he was taken out of the game, he grimaced walking off the field. He's been around long enough. You get to know 
mentalities and he he doesn't grimace and grab his leg if it's not something that uh is more than just a cramp okay george so what happens next you know now the green has to probably be in more high leverage situations Adavino is probably going to be moved back a little bit further instead of coming in a little bit earlier i mean what happens with this bullpen now can they can they survive this yeah i'm it's uh to, that's a good question jeff they are uh you know it's kind of funny when you think about it but uh, they've already missed tommy canely you know he's the changeup gets left-handers out, so that's a that's a piece they don't have. And now you have Adovino and Green, and they're I don't think that they view Adovino as a, as a specialist, but they do they do tend to use him in a run of right-handers. So you basically your experienced people down there now in front of Chapman are Adovino and Green. With Avalon, he insists he's not a specialist that he can get right-handers out, but losing Britain and Canley it takes a toll down there. Now, now George. What about the Rays? Uh, I mean, now the Yankees have lost two straight series to their in-division rivals. Are are they as good as the Yankees? And, and how much of a threat are we looking at? You know, I know I'm looking into a crystal ball here, and we're only about almost halfway through the 60-game season. But how much of a threat are the Rays here in the postseason for the Yankees? Real threat. A, re- a serious threat. The only difference that maybe you can separate the Yankees from the Rays is that the Rays cannot in my opinion, withstand the number of injuries to key players that the Yankees can with their depth like Frazier and Talkman. But healthy, the Rays are, are, are very, very good. They don't make any mistakes. They pitch. They're, they're very good at matchup situations. And in Austin Meadows, they've got they've got a legitimate all-star player with, with power, and uh, they're a real threat real threat. They're a serious threat in a short series. George, you see Kevin Cash over there. He's done a great job with the Rays. Do you see them? I mean, after that, after the series in Tampa, it, it seemed like the Rays have a little edge to them every time they play New York. Maybe not just New York, maybe the whole rest of the whole entire shortened season. The only team I see them play is the Yankees. So as you well know, everybody gets up for the Yankees. But when, you know, they were throwing up and into the Yankee hitters, chirping started and uh, they didn't back down. They chirped back and they like to talk a little bit after the games are over. So it it makes for a you know it makes for an interesting dynamic considering that they're you know the Red Sox thing is on pause so uh that I think they believe that they can beat the Yankees they certainly can handle them in the Tropicana field and they, now they're you know handled them two straight nights with basically flawless baseball yeah, and that's that's got to get uh, into the Yankees' heads and rattle around a little bit. It's got to be a bit of a mental game. And the Yankees, to me, they've lived without Judge. They've lived without Stanton. They've lived without both of these guys in the lineup before, and they've been successful. But to me, the guy that they really miss is LeMahieu with the situational hitting and runners in scoring position. I just don't see their offense, especially against good teams, great teams, being able to compete without this guy setting the table. Without question, he uh, he finished fourth in the MVP voting last year. He's clearly the Yankee MVP. And he's, uh, you know, in addition to the bat, which is... Very good. He's also a Gold Gloves second baseman who can play first. Yeah, right now, if you told, if you asked out of those three who they need back quick, it's LeMahieu, and he's not coming back quick. It, it was diagnosed two to three weeks. He said yesterday he could try to push it, but uh, when you go from uh, not a knock on Tyler Wade because I'm, I'm in the minority here, I think he can play in the big leagues, probably won't be here, but you can't expect him to be uh, DJ LeMahieu right. for two weeks. 
Okay, with that being said, you have Andu- Anduhar up. Why isn't he getting regular at-bats? I mean, they're putting Mike Ford, and nothing against Mike Ford, but he's he's platooning at short, I mean, first, and then also DHing. Why hasn't Anduhar got regular at-bats? He needs regular at-bats. He cannot come off the bench. Obviously, it's been proven so far here in this shortened season. Uh, do you see him getting more at-bats? No, I uh, and nothing that you know has been told to me or anything. But uh, if he was going to get regular at bats, I think it would have been from day one. To be honest with you, in that DH spot, especially against left-handers, uh, not only did they send him out and you know, they brought him back, I just don't. You know, uh, Aaron Boone is very high on Mike Ford, praises him all the time, and I think that you know, I mean, Ford's going to get the majority of, of at bats against right-handed pitchers. And I just don't see a spot. I really don't see a, a, an avenue where they can get Andohar regular bats. And it makes me wonder, uh, why is he here? If he's sitting on the bench, he probably needs to go back and run down there to Scranton and uh, continue to play. I know that must be you know low-energy place to go, but I don't see him getting a, a steady diet of at-bats. It's kind of impossible with the way that Urshel is playing, with the way Talkman has played so far this year. Uh, George King, thank you. Making his debut on the Pinstripe Pod. We appreciate it. Remember, read his stories in the post and at nypost.com and follow him on Twitter at George A. King III. Thank you, George, so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yep, guys, welcome. Thank you very much. That's a wrap for episode 20. That would be the Jorge Posada or Bucky. <clears throat> 10 episode of the Pinstripe Pod <clears throat> is for you up there in Boston. Our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show as always. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and please write a positive review. We appreciate your support. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris here, and we'll be back on Monday recapping the first three Subway Series games. Have a great weekend, and remember, stay safe, everybody.